Well, this election has turned out to be quite a doozy. Don't you think? Or as we say in the UP, don't you think they're A? Today I'm starting a series called The Elements of Prayer. And after this election, these elements are going to be even more important than ever. And that's because, ladies and gentlemen, God is calling us to live the elements of prayer. Hello, hello, welcome to Storming the Gates, the Elements of Prayer. This is a wonderful, beautiful Saturday morning here in the Upper Peninsula. And I know, I know, I said I'd have this out on Friday, but I was not ready. And this morning, I just felt like God gave me some fresh insights, and I am excited to share this with you. And I gotta tell you, like many of you, I was shell-shocked on Wednesday morning. I went to bed Tuesday night with um, one expectation, and I woke up with that expectation a bit crumbling and confusion and concern. And over the last couple days, I have just spent time trying to listen to God and to people I trust. And I am currently convinced that just as in Esther's day, mischief has been plotted against the people of God. But the Lord has positioned his people for such a time as this. I, I really am just amazed at the way God has put so many pieces together in the last few years. I just, I look at it and I know he has a plan for our nation. Just think about people in these slots of our nation who are playing significant roles. Like, for instance, when we need a great Christian lawyer, we have Jay Sekula. Just recently, I read Mike Lindell's autobiography. He's the pillow guy, my pillow guy. And I was fascinated when I read his story to see how when he was a wild, crazy, crack-smoking man, God protected him, placed his hand on him, and directed him in order to raise him up in these very times. He has helped subsidize prayer movements and helped so many people financially. Those are just two of many, many significant people that we know about. Well, God is moving. God is at work in our midst. Today, I feel a deeper certainty in my gut that it's not just, you know, those other folks that people see on stage and on TV that God has positioned for such a time as this. If you're here, then God has called you out for such time as this. You were created and prepared by the hands of a loving father to be a voice before his throne and in his kingdom for right now. And maybe like Esther, you have had to be silent for a season, but now is the time to rise up and stand in the king's court. You really got to read the book of Esther. And also I'm doing a series on Esther, um, where we can really get a hold of how we will be Esther's in today's world. It was also interesting to me that I had wanted to do a little bit of Esther each day, so it ended on the day of the election. But as I prayed about it, the Lord basically said, Esther's going to be needed for a long time after the election. So here we are. But I'm not going to talk about Esther today. I want to share with you what... um, the element of prayer, and today's element was time. And I'm going to talk to you about how time relates to this post-election prayer. 
This morning, the leader of a prayer group that I attend, he said he woke up and he had a vision, vision dream thing of God putting George Washington's coat on Donald Trump. The coat he referred to was the one George Washington wore at the Battle of Monongahela. There, as a brave young officer, George Washington just rode out into the head of the battle. He did this because many of the soldiers were panicked already by their losses, but George fearlessly led the way. He had two horses shot out from under him, but he fought on, and when he returned, he discovered he had four bullet holes in his jacket, but he was completely unharmed. Well, that's a moment like now. It's not a moment to run or hide. This is the time to raise our battle cry. This is the time of the lion's roar. And it's not even about what the outcome might be. Jesus is my ride or die, people. And I'm going to stand for truth and for righteousness to the end. And it really doesn't matter how much Twitter and YouTube censor voices. I say that too, because just this morning, my own sister, who's very active on Twitter, and you know, she's been combating the narrative that's forced on us. Well, she was blocked from her account today. And clearly, even our small voices are a threat to Satan's dominion. Well, it doesn't matter if news sources spew propaganda all over us. My eyes are going to be fixed on the one who is truth, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, Judah is under attack by an army they cannot defeat without divine intervention. God set them up, set them up to be perfectly desperate and without hope except in him. Then as they pray, a prophet tells them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God just wanted them to go up and watch what he's going to do. Well, as they head out the next day with no weapons except songs of praise, King Jehoshaphat declares something we would do well to heed right now. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So first we believe God. We read the word. We know what it says. And we know who God is. We get to know his character. Second, we believe the many great men and women who dwell with God and pray and seek him. And it seems to me, as I've been listening, they are all with one voice, declaring a word of triumph as we hold our ground and keep praying. Triumph in seeing the end of abortion in America and a harvest of souls unlike any we have ever seen before. All right, so today, as we talk about the importance of time, I want you to know it's simply spending time with God that makes all the difference and that we make sure we carve out that time. And this is especially for those who may be rattled by all that is transpiring in our nation. (laughs) I mean, the truth is we're all going to get rattled by what's happening here and abroad, and that's okay. But what do we do when we feel that way? We must spend time with God. That's how our soul will have peace. You can listen to all the wonderful teachers and prophetic voices out there who are sharing, I mean, fascinating and hopeful words. But just listening to human beings will not be enough to bring you peace in this tumultuous season. In fact, I just heard Mario Marilla. He's a prophetic evangelist. And he said, 
God is waking us up to a new place of dependency on him. That means that these are the days of getting on our knees and opening up our Bible and letting God speak to us. We must allow him to speak to our hearts. And, and you know, it when we're nervous, when we're worried, sometimes we need to do that three, four times a day, every hour, every minute. It's okay. God loves it when we come to him. And he desires to bring us those words that will give us peace. But it is up to us to take the time that will enable him to uh, open our hearts and listen to his voice. So if this election is freaking you out, then please spend more time with God than with your iPhone. Listen to him. Our hope is not and never was in a president. It is in the Lord. No matter what happens around us, that is the most important key to prayer. How do you think Christians in places like the Middle East where they're persecuted or in communist countries find their strength? It is in time with him. There are persecuted Christians getting up at 3 a.m. to pray and spend time with God before they head out into their day. All right, so getting back to post-election prayer. The morning after the election, I mean, I was upset. I was stunned. I didn't really know what to think. But fortunately, I've already carved out my Bible reading time. So before I got sucked into despair, I grabbed my Bible. And honestly, it was hard to focus on anything. I just opened it out of habit. Three hours of sleep made me tired and blurry-eyed, but I opened to Daniel 9. I connected with Daniel's plaintive cry for the nation of Israel, and I forced myself to read it all, despite the wandering of my tired, shell-shocked mind. And there are a couple verses I managed to glean strength from. Daniel 9, verses 2 through 3 says, In the first year of Ahasuerus' reign, all right, so right there, it's the first year of Ahasuerus' reign, the same king who ruled in Esther's day. All right, let's go on. I, Daniel, understood by the books. Okay, in other words, he's reading his Bible, spending time with God when he received this revelation. The number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Let's pause there a moment. Daniel's reading his Bible, and he sees that one of his contemporaries, a prophet who most of Israel mocked and laughed at in his day, said the Jewish nation would be set free after 70 years in captivity. Those 70 years are now up. Hooray! Does Daniel hold a party? Well, let's read on. So verse 3, after he read this, he says, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Whoa. Instead of celebrating, he is taking the words of the prophet. And because he believes them to be true, he now uses them as a base for prayer and repentance. In the New Testament, Paul spoke to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18. He said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou mightest by them wage a good warfare. Well, this is exactly what Daniel's doing. He takes a prophetic word given by Jeremiah and uses it to wage war, spiritual war. 
Daniel does three things in the ensuing prayer that I encourage you to read. He repents for the sins of his people. He reminds God that he is a righteous judge. He also reminds God that um, the Jewish nation are his chosen people and says, for your name's sake, God, deliver us. Listen to verse 19. Daniel sums up his prayer here. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hearken and do. Delay not for your own sake, oh, my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Did this prayer honor God? Well, he sent an angel in answer, so kind of think it was. And I would like to dwell just in chapter 9 of Daniel, but my point is that Daniel took God's word and the prophet's words very seriously. He took these words and spent time in the presence of God. So I want to tell you that after I had that God time in Daniel 9, I was quickly checking my email before heading to work. And there I read a passage from Jeremiah, a message, not a passage, from Jeremiah Johnson Ministries. And he said, we are in a Daniel nine moment where the future is seen and yet participation is required to see its fulfillment. Whoa. So now I knew God was speaking to me. He was even giving me an assignment to pray like Daniel did that I am passing on to you. And you know what? If I had read Jeremiah Johnson's email before I opened up the Bible myself, it would not have had the impact that it did on me. So God used my time with him in his word to confirm the message from Jeremiah Johnson, who I do see as a modern day prophet. So I know you might be frightened and nervous. The enemy looks large and impenetrable. And I want to encourage you to read Second Chronicles 20. Pray as Jehoshaphat did when that great multitude beyond the sea came to attack. For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Remember, as the people fast and pray, in other words, they didn't just scurry around like frightened mice, talking to one another and and you know, getting more and more frightened the more they're together, they gathered and spent time in the presence of the Lord. Then a prophet arises and tells them, you don't need to fight in this battle. Just stand and see what God is going to do. So God's like, you just wait, you just watch. And God uses prophets to encourage his people. He did it then and he'll do it today. So um, isn't that exactly what Daniel did? He believed in God and believed in his prophets. And that is going to take time. So make the time and let God quiet your troubled spirit. Well, as you do this, I would love to hear from you on how God speaks to you in your time with him. Or even how you may just walk away from that time with renewed conviction. God is in control over the affairs of men. I mean, there are millions of ways God needs us when we simply give him time. And all of them are equal fast, equally fascinating and cause us to marvel at his greatness. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the time that you give us. And Lord, forgive us for not carving out that time. But we come to you and we come to you for the sake of this great nation. And we come to you uh, with promises in our hand of what you desire to do, of the harvest that you desire to bring to our nation. 
And Lord, we pray for protection over your people. We ask, O Lord, that you would hear and act and that you would not delay, but for your people's sake, that we will see your hand move in our nation, even as we stand and worship you. God bless you. I'll be back soon with more for such a time as this in the elements.